suspect that at some point in the future, we're going to have to deal with toxic fame. By we, I mean, in America, in the U.S., there is a very, very toxic relationship to fame. And I don't mean just on a collective level, which is one thing, but uh, that is like much more difficult to be aware of and, and try to, you know, quote unquote, do anything about. But I think on an individual level, uh, we're seeing how detrimental it is. At least I notice in myself, I'm very much always trying to pull away from being on the hamster wheel of trying to get more attention. And I, even though I personally have pulled away from being on Instagram and Twitter and social media as much, I still have a podcast. Uh, There's still elements of needing to have to be a public facing person to some degree. And uh, with my clients, I'm helping them to get more attention, to get more clients and stuff. The nuance and challenge is getting the right people. You know, I really love Seth Godin's adage of smallest viable audience. And small list doesn't mean small, doesn't mean, uh, you know, in in uh, a small audience that's like only serving a few people like small list can be a lot of people, but I think small list helps with focus and viable also helps with focus. It's like, who are you actually serving and connecting to? And really asks the bigger question of like, why are you on social media? Why are you on the internet? You know, why are we putting things out there? Like, and you know, the, the, I think the pandemic, like the height of it really highlighted how much we were isolated and how much our relationships are pretty synthetic. Like there are quite a few people on Twitter that I connect with that I'm like, I would hang out with you in person. But if I really think about the amount of people that that is, it's it's a pretty small number. And so why am I still connecting with them on Twitter? Why am I not inviting them to be more intimate? Right. And I think that's the case for a lot of people is like we're keeping our relationships at arm's length by keeping everything on the internet. But like, is there a bridge into our internal world? Even though it's this like the same thing with business, like, is there, where's the bridge to the internal world? Right. I always use the metaphor of an Island, like your life or your business is an Island and you get to cultivate it. You get to create it. You get to build the walls. You get to set the rules. You get to, set boundaries or whatever it is that your life entails. And when we go onto the internet, it's like going out into the open ocean looking for adventure or looking for a hit or looking for excitement or looking for a random person or whatever. The equivalent of what, you know, going out into the city for nightlife used to be. Uh, And a lot of people still do that. I'm not saying that that's like everybody, but uh, the internet is such a pervasive looming world on top of our world that uh, there is a relationship to it that is intertwined with our reality <clears throat> at this point. And so there's, to me, something interesting around this idea of toxic fame. And, you know, we're seeing it in like politics and stuff, right? You're going to get more and more quote unquote famous people getting involved in politics. Like there's this intertwining happening between like uh, politics and celebrity and religion in a lot of areas that were typically kept separate. Uh, at least in my uh, experience, that are intertwining in a way that's, I don't know, just feels unhealthy and unfortunate. 
And so I, I feel while I can't really get into the big picture esoteric in too much detail, I think about it in my life and not only working with myself, but my, my few clients that I'm trying to consult them on this idea of smallest viable audience and focus and who are you talking to or who are you trying to connect to? And if you're in a place of trying to figure yourself out, you know, it's, it's even more care I think is required to test things out and see who you're actually connecting with. And so fame is really like, has become this microcosm, right? Fame has become something that originally extended to the, like the Royal family and like elite Hollywood to now it's some random person in their bedroom has a TikTok where they have millions of viewers and are probably making no money. <laughs> so all the fame, but no money that comes from it uh, for whatever reason, whether that's because TikTok is maybe not paying them enough or because maybe they have a negative relationship to money or they value the fame more than they value a healthy life. Uh, in terms of, you know, money and safety and security and love and belonging and stuff like that. You know, it's really jarring to create something and then turn off your camera and there's no one around, you know, <laughs> it's really weird to have that, that stark contrast. And I myself recently got a taste of what it feels like to be in front of a crowd again. I've done it a couple times, but uh, I did a live podcast with my, one of my clients and it was really so much fun to do. And I miss, I do miss being a part of that. So ironically, I'm dealing with not only the, the, the toxic element of fame of like the cheap hits, the, the cheap sugary fame, and then like something that feels authentic and potent to me, which is like being funny on stage or in front of people. And I don't know what that looks like. That feels like a glimpse of like another lifestyle or another life you know, and to, to get into me around this, like, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm attempting to transcend my relationship to achievement and like my life related to creating art in terms of being in front of a computer and doing digital art and things like that. I feel, and, and media, digital media really is, is I feel like there's a letting go of something or, or of all of it that I need to do that is difficult for me to do because there is money involved and we have to maintain our life and stuff like that. But there is a, a bit of a stagnation that I'm really starting to feel that is affecting me on a negative level that I don't really know what to do with right now. Kind of on a hamster wheel that's really unhealthy and I don't feel like I'm really living my life. Uh, I'm sort of just sitting at my computer grinding away at, you know, personal growth projects and which are great, but none of it really means anything if I don't let myself live my life. Right. And get in front of people or meet with people or go to events or, uh, you know, really live, you know, uh, I'm having a hard time finding the room to even play video games, which I really enjoy, you know, and then it gets harder as you get older, you know, there's just more things to do and, um, more of life gets in the way or more rest that needs to happen or more stretching, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a total challenge in, in my case, you know, so there, there is a, there, there's both this 
there's this yin and this yang coming in with me, at least my perspective, right? I, I do feel like there is this reckoning coming with toxic fame and how, um, if you think about the last 80 to 100 years, uh, there are two common themes that stick out to me. It's eternal youth and, or the puar eternus, I think is the Latin term for like that archetype and uh, television, like like television and entertainment and childlike behavior and being children uh, has been a big theme, I think, of the last 80 years or the last saculum, if you follow generational theory. And I think that theme uh, is something to be reckoned with. It might be something that, you know, the next generation rebels against because the the next generation after the first saculum tends to rebel against the the ideals of the previous one. And so, you know, I feel like that's a theme. And part of that theme is this idea that like, oh, being famous is like what's going to get you everything you ever wanted. Or being famous is like the pinnacle of excitement. You even see it. I mean, I see it in my kids who are following YouTubers and they're saying brah all the time. <laughs> and, they're, you know, uh, it's, it's really difficult to manage that. Uh, you know, the amount of entertainment and like how that's affecting people, you know, especially immersive entertainment needing to be more, um, needing to be valued. You know, we're getting a lot of short hits of things and the short hits of things are not great for the brain, first of all. And then the short hits of things in terms of creating stuff is also not great in that we're creating a lot of temporary stuff. You know, I, I'm thinking about that aspect more and more too. We're creating a lot of things that are not evergreen. They're just going to disappear. They're just candy, you know, candy has no nutrition to it. It's just sugar and it just fades and there's a hit of excitement and then it goes away. Uh, it's usually a waste of money. It's a waste of, 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 uh, you know, I mean, it's enjoyable. I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy ourselves, but that the, all-consuming nature of it is the toxic element, right? It's just all over the place. And so I don't know what that means. You know, I'm a person with a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, the, there's a hypocrisy there. You know, I'm I'm making stuff uh, for, I don't even know why I'm making this anymore, right? There's an aspect of it that's like a compulsion uh, at this point. There's like a fitting in element and I think that's what I'm fighting against. It's like, oh, how do I separate from this symbiote of just contributing to more noise, right? Like, what is the what is the blue ocean? There's so much blood in the entertainment water these days that what does the blue ocean look like of of creating new entertainment, of connecting? And I'm not I don't mean just more platforms. Like there are people who are just like, you need to go on uh Rumble or I don't know, whatever the other platforms are that people get banned and they want to say things in other places like they go to. Uh, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to be like an outcast or outsider necessarily. I don't, I don't care that much. Uh, To me, it's like, what is an authentic expression? What is, uh, what means something? What's important to me? Uh, How am I getting, you know, fulfillment in my life? And really living my life and serving, not just like frantically creating because I feel like that's what I need to do, right? 
And that to me is what is the crux of the toxic fame is so many people with anxiety, with anxieties, uh, experiencing this intensity of, I need to make all the time. I need to be on the hamster wheel. My, my generation in particular, millennials, we were thrust into the achievement frame pretty young and given all of these narratives of we're going to save the world or we can do anything that we want as long as we have good grades, as long as we you know go through schooling, we go to college, we already see how that's affecting people on a mass scale with student loans, uh, with you know jobs that don't exist, <laughs> uh, degrees that are useless. Um, if you watch like all of the old school uh, game shows, um, I mean it's weird to say old school at this point because old school game shows to me were like Press Your Luck and uh, Family Feud and uh, Password <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but actually, when I say old school now, I mean like early 90s, like um, Double Dare and uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple, Carmen Sandiego, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Those shows were all trivia shows, right? A lot of game shows for the millennials were trivia. It was always about academics and knowledge, right? And I think there's maybe some relationship to academics that is also an aspect of, of reckoning coming as well that needs to be some uh, you know there's some some changes afoot essentially um but I, you know there's a lot of pressure to achieve and having that be a part of the programming of a, an entire generation is is it's tough to contend with so first of all you know i don't propose that anything can happen at scale because it's just going to play itself out into you know however that plays out but I think on an individual level, I've been trying to, on a day-to-day -day basis, unwrap that within myself because I very much felt like a failure because I, I struggled with academics. I really sucked at school. I ended up getting two college degrees and both of my colleges no longer exist. And hopefully I am getting, you know, reimbursement for that uh, as it looks like it, it that is the case. You know, I just, you don't know until it goes through. Right. But uh you know, and, and my degrees have served me in my life. I've learned things. I figured a lot, a lot of things out myself. If anything, I probably, if it was a, a few years later and YouTube came around soon enough, I probably would have just used YouTube and not gone to college uh, and not wasted that money. But anyway, the idea being that uh, on an individual level, noticing the rampant desire to achieve, especially me as an Enneagram one, it's a challenge to get off of the hamster wheel of just doing and doing and doing and doing and actually let myself relax and express myself. Right. So what I do appreciate about this podcast is like, I've kind of let go of the achievement aspect of this podcast. Uh, you know, there's still ads, you know, I'm still getting dollars that come a couple dollars that come in really nothing. Um, and I, I, I want to make it or continue to make it in the vein of what I started to make it for, which was to just express myself, just to talk about what I think is happening in the world or what is happening to me relative to that uh, aspects of my own personal growth journey. And, you know, whether or not that's relatable or maybe someone just enjoys listening to my voice, that's fine. It's uh, it's the morning. This is my morning radio voice. <laughs> so you're you're getting the height of it right now. And, uh, you know, the achievement aspect is really, really tough because at some point, you know, there are 
my, my friends at Personality Hacker talk about this this model called the HAT model. It's healing, achievement, and transcendence. I've talked about it on this podcast before. And you could probably apply many, many linear or cyclical, I should say cyclical things in life to the HAT model. And that we're usually cycling through healing, achievement, and transcendence. Like there are time periods in life where we need to, you know, go easy on ourselves, but then also do the hard work to heal, right? Like physical therapy is not necessarily just laying around. You need to do the stretches. You need to do more deliberate focused work. And that's usually what healing means. Achievement is usually just like a lot of like a burst of energy. Just you, you feel good. Now it's time to push yourself, right? And then transcendence is letting go. Typically, like you've pushed yourself, you've pushed yourself. Now it's time to figure out something else. Let go of the thing you just came from. And now it's time to start to play with maybe completely different areas or to explore something you've never explored before. Um, and, you know, the idea of... Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, my memory... I'm probably going to get dementia one day because my memory sucks. <laughs> um, uh, let this be known on the podcast so that one day when I'm right... <laughs> I will come back and say, I don't remember that. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, when there's like a, a, a sort of a, you've got like an athlete, for example, that is doing their best like over and over again, uh, you know, winning games, winning championships over and over again. And at some point, it's almost like Van Wilder syndrome. I don't know if you remember that movie. Van Wilder was a <clears throat> a movie about, um, it was with Ryan Reynolds where he was in college for like seven years. And he loved the party life and he was just growing out of it. And it just took a long time to grow out of it. Uh, and then at some point, you just have to move on. Like life is cycles and you've got to move on some point right and so even when it comes to achievement and you're just like you're killing it over and over and over again maybe you're at the top of your game of whatever it is that you're doing at some point there's a letting go right there's a there's a point where like there's more life to live there's another thing to do there's the next stage of your life there's uh maybe archetypically moving on to the next level right like in generational theory there's you know there's childhood there's young adulthood there's midlife and then there's elderly and elderhood, I guess is the word. And each, you know, each area involves a transition. I, I feel like that transition has been happening across the generations uh, in the past few years, this movement from, you know, childhood to, you know, some, some, the early aspects of Gen Z are entering young adulthood. You know, we've got early millennials, you know, entering midlife. We've got early Gen X entering elderhood and we've got early boomers, you know, starting to walk out the door. Uh, and it's really starting to, and then whatever the next generation is, is starting to come in. Um, uh, I think that I've heard of the term gen generation alpha and, you know, the timing might not be necessarily accurate to what I'm perceiving, but the idea being that there are transitions, right. And people can resist those transitions for as long as possible. I mean, I know I have, and resisting those transitions tends to lead to negative results, right? No matter how evolved you are, no matter how much you've done personal growth, you know, there's this thing within us as human beings, this ability to resist that I think is 
one of the key components of what makes us human versus like, you know, different creatures is this ability to resist ourselves to such an extreme degree to get in our own way. Uh, so much, you know, we are somehow these like manifestor vision caster machines that if we focus on something so much, we can make something happen for better or worse. Right. If we're so focused on the end of the world, we're going to try to make it happen. Uh, maybe there's some degree of ego trying to prove ourselves right or something, you know? Uh, and so, uh, or if we need to save the world, we're going to do the best that we can to make a world that needs saving, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, these transitions happen and they, they need to happen. And, uh, you know, there's this term that I appreciate called the cosmic address. And I think, Noticing which areas of life that we're in healing, achievement, or transcendence, I think is something that is is a potent part of that, you know, uh, of that cosmic address, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that every aspect of our lives is in one stage or another. It's maybe there's a lot of nuance there. You know, I think I think uh, money, you know, money, relationships, career. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, when I was talking about earlier is like, I think my career, I'm in transcendence mode. Like I don't, there's a lot of letting go I need to do. And in that letting go, there's a lot of resistance. I don't, letting go is scary. Letting go in generally, generally is, is, is scary. Um, it's, it's facing the unknown. It's like, what does this look like? You know? And uh, there's a degree of self-trust that has to come through that. Uh, an awareness of self-confidence, you know? self-esteem to know that you can like you've got the value in other areas of your life to be able to to figure something else out right especially if you're doing well and making money but like you know uh <laughs> things tend to not go well if you're clinging to a specific stage of life and i don't know why we're able to cling so much but it's just uh, something we can do and something I've also thought of recently too, or thought about recently is this idea that that growth is sequential, but not linear. Uh, that's something I got from integral life. And uh, uh, I forget his name, Corey, I think is the main guy that runs it. Um, growth in terms of personal development or like developmental stages are it's sequential, but not linear, meaning it's not, you're all, you're not always progressing forward it's sidesteps, it's backward movements. It's, you know, there's, there's life circumstances are changing all the time. There's ripples effects happening in the, you know, collective psyche constantly and within our own unconsciousness all of the time. Right. And so these things are not, we're not always progressing forward as much as we think maybe we are, or maybe this feeling of progressing forward is actually what is holding someone back, right? Continuing to achieve, 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 trying to get more money or trying to move up in your work or, uh, trying to be the most, you know, uh, uh, the most politically, uh, aware or, trying to be the biggest community player or something like that, just like more, 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 you know, you may have reached the threshold and it's so hard because there is no obvious sign other than things going wrong, <laughs> you know, uh, in, in, you know, in healing when it's time to heal, you know, uh, transcendence tends to circle back around to healing, right? Like when you're transcending to a new thing, there's usually some healing from the previous thing that maybe needs to happen. 
And so taking time to to heal. Now healing, I don't think, I think a lot of people get healing wrong. And I kind of said this earlier, but I'll say it again deliberately. I think people get he- healing wrong in the sense that we think healing is just like laying in bed and doing nothing. But like, if you have a messed up ankle, you need to rehab it. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do. I got a new, I got a chair so I can get off of my ankle and not try to make it worse. So first of all, it's not making things worse by trying to push yourself in an achievement frame. And second of all, it's not letting go and ignoring it. Right. It's healing it. It's taking the time to uh, do the stretches you need to do to lay off of it when it's time to lay off of it, give it time to rest. But that also is a cycle within a cycle, right? The healing has its own cycle of, of, of process of healing, right? <clears throat> and if you're done healing and, you know, usually there are circumstances in your life where people start to notice that like, hey, you don't need healing anymore. You need to start doing stuff. And life will kind of tell you, you know, you need to start doing stuff. You need to actually start to push yourself. You need to maybe do something else. And, uh, that's when you get into an achievement frame, right? And then getting through the achievement frame when you've started to succeed and things are going well. And frankly, when, when you start doing things over and over again, that's probably, or doing things really well over and over again, that's usually when achievement is starting to run its course. And I feel like that's where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways. Like I know how to do this podcast pretty easily. I know how to do graphic design really easily. I know how to do video pretty easily. Frankly, I'm getting bored with a lot of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, having these modes where I went into this live podcast and I had so much fun on stage, there's a calling there to me. And I don't know, I don't know how to approach that, <laughs> but, but there's, there's a letting go that is really terrifying to me. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, welcoming this next transcend transcendence phase of transcending, you know, the achievement of where I just came from, of um, transcending my own relationship to creativity and skills is, uh, it's a scary prospect. And so I, um, I need to do that in a way that is not about, you know, for me, I feel like it's about myself. It's like, I've spent so much of my career being a creative service person. And what does life look like to me being a creator now? Like not a panderer, not trying to be famous, but what is it like to just make for myself for the sake of making for myself? And that's what I mean by toxic fame is this rampant making for some sort of gain, right? For, I don't mean anti-capitalism. I don't mean anti, um, popularity necessarily because those are tools but it's like thinking that popularity is the whole thing or thinking that making money is the whole thing these are all means to an end and you can you know become popular if you're in an achievement frame right because like that serves your achievement if you're in a transcendence frame and you're trying to figure stuff out like maybe there's some aspect of like testing things that getting the feedback in a popular way like could make some sense and you got to make money to live. Right. And so uh, it, it's really transcending this idea of like money or popularity being a bottom line, but like, what is the bigger bottom line for me? And for me, it's like, you know, serving people 
someone awoke to me this idea that I fit the shepherd archetype in there's like a biblical system of archetypes, which is funny because I've never really cared about the Bible and stuff like that. But more so lately, I'm, I'm, you know, there are some things that are coming into my life that are like, okay, the good bits of that stuff and really accepting that those are healthy, helpful things. But someone highlighted to me that I'm the shepherd and that people confess themselves to me and they rest into me. And in those moments, I feel very in my mission. Uh, I don't know how to harness that. So there's like the two things. There's one, there's like the being entertained and they're entertaining in a crowd and with people. Uh, and then the other thing is like uh, giving space for people to get calibration, you know, to be kind of a coach, but I can't really, to do it in a scheduled formal way is, is, hasn't been working for me. So I don't know what that looks like. Right. So I have little seeds of what this transcendent next direction looks like. And I've tried to let things go like the podcast and stuff, but it's really my relationship to these things that I've needed to let go and uh, continue to try to make more for myself. And it may take time. It may not just be this moment where I drop everything. Uh, And sometimes I've tried to make it that way and it doesn't work out, but there is a new direction that I need to allow myself to head in and maybe let go of some of the achievement a little bit. So at least where that's where I think I am. So I'd love to know your relationship to this stuff. Uh, you can actually, I don't know, you know, leave a, leave a review wherever it is you're listening to this Apple podcast, things like that. And you can ask a question there. That would be really great. And I'd be happy to answer that or just, you know, listen to this whenever I feel like I have another topic to share. So I have been Christian Rivera. Happychemicals.org is the website. If you're an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system looking for support and uh, that's it. So thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Take care. I'll catch you next time on Happy Chemicals. See ya.